Starwalker Studios presents Age of Gaming, your podcast dedicated to video games, present and future, and celebrating the journey of gamer culture from your mom's basement to the mainstream. Gamer, and welcome to episode one of the Age of Gaming podcast. I'm your host, Lex Starwalker. Today, I'll be talking about The Last of Us Remastered on PS4. Hello, listener. Welcome to the show, the brand new podcast from Starwalker Studios, Age of Gaming, and just in case you didn't listen to episode zero, just a little bit about what this show is going to be, I am going to be talking about new and current video games that I am playing. Uh, I am playing on a PS4 and on PC, so that will cover all games except for the few exclusive games on the Xbox One. Maybe someday in the future, I will have an Xbox One. And if so, then I will cover those games as well. But for now, that's, that's what I've got. And sometimes on the show, I will be joined by my wife, Nikki, who is a gamer as well. Um, however, the game I'm talking about today, The Last of Us Remastered, Nikki has just started playing, and so she doesn't have a lot to say about it yet. I will also occasionally have other guests on the show who have experience with uh, the game that I'm talking about. At least in the beginning, I am thinking that each episode I will focus mainly on a particular game, but we will also talk about all the games that we're playing a little bit, and then we'll, we'll just see how the show evolves as time goes on. I will also occasionally talk about things like gaming culture, gaming in the news, uh, the history and present and future of video games, as I said in the opening to the show. So really anything gaming related that is current or up and coming that I think is interesting that I think that you might find interesting. So today I am talking about The Last of Us Remastered. And full disclosure, it's been a little while since I played this game, so I apologize ahead of time if any of my terminology is a little bit off. I'm I'm going by memory for a lot of it. It's been probably a month or two since, since I finished playing the game. The PlayStation 4 has been out for a year now. I believe it was November 15th, 2013 that it came out. I am recording this on November 19th, 2014, so just over a year The system has been out. However, I just got my PlayStation 4 just a few months ago. In fact, I think it was the middle of August, I think, when I got my PlayStation 4. And ironically, the reason I got a PlayStation 4 was to play Destiny. Um, I played the beta of Destiny on the PlayStation 3. And I really enjoyed the beta. I didn't get to play it a whole lot. If I'd gotten to play the beta more, um, I might have seen the writing on the wall of of what was going to happen with that game. And if you listen to episode zero, then you already know what I'm talking about because I mentioned it there. 
But uh, I really enjoyed the beta and um, we were looking, my wife and I were looking for games that we could play together because we really like to play games together cooperatively. And so we were really excited about Destiny because this was the game that, that we could play together. Uh, at the time, we had one PlayStation 3. So then we thought, well, we'll we'll get a PlayStation 4 because my wife uh, is a graphic and web designer and she likes to be up and current on on the the latest games and you know so i wanted to get her a playstation 4 anyway uh you know so that she could have it and i thought well you can play the playstation 4 and i'll play the playstation 3 um because i've always been more of a of a pc gamer um i have had consoles in the in the past but i've just always most of the games I've played have been on PC. In fact, I think the last console, yeah, the last console I had before the PlayStation 4 was the original Xbox. And the last console I had before that was, I think, the Nintendo 64. But anyway, so then we found out that the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 players were on different servers and we would not be able to play together. So we decided to buy not one, but two PlayStation 4s and this was actually it it sounds funny I am I am 38 years old and this was really exciting for me because this was the first time in my life that I had a console when it was like the new latest thing (laughs) I got my first Nintendo not long before the Super Nintendo came out all my friends had Nintendos for a long time before I got one and I had to beg and beg and beg and I finally got one for Christmas one year. I got <laughs> I got the Super Nintendo not long before whatever the next thing was that came out after that. I don't remember. And then the Nintendo 64 I got again after it was kind of already, you know, everybody had been there, done that. And the same thing with the Xbox. Uh, when I got it, my Xbox, it had been around for quite a while. In fact, I think it was less than a year after I got my Xbox that the 360 came out. And at that point, I just played my Xbox for a while and then I just, you know, went back to PC games. I've always been playing PC games forever. So this was exciting for me because I'd never had, you know, the current system when it was still sort of new. And I mean, yeah, it was almost a year old, but PlayStation 4 still seems new because there aren't that many games out for it yet. And and a lot of people haven't made uh, the switch over yet. Um, and that's true with Xbox as well. Um, and, and I was reading some articles online just the other day preparing for this show about how the numbers of people trading up from Xbox 360 to Xbox One or from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4, the numbers aren't that high and they're not as high as they've been in the past when the new system came out. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because they're so expensive or people just don't think that the difference is worth the extra money or whatever at least according to the article i was reading that's why we're seeing so many games coming out for both say playstation 3 and playstation 4 and both xbox 360 and xbox one because a lot of the consumers haven't traded up yet and unfortunately because of this a lot of the games that are coming out on both systems aren't really utilizing the capability of the eighth gen systems because they've done market research that shows let's say you put out a game that comes out on ps4 and ps3 and the game on ps4 is a lot better and has features and content that the ps3 game 
doesn't have, then the PS3 gamers won't buy it because they feel like they're paying the same amount for a lesser game and so they won't buy it. So not only are you know the vast majority of the customers not buying the PS4 version because they haven't upgraded to PS4 yet, but then your PS3 players aren't going to buy it because they see it as they're not getting the whole game and the same thing with xbox so because of that the games that come out on both the eighth gen versions don't really have anything that the seventh gen version has other than slightly better graphics so that's unfortunate for those of us that that are on the new systems but they're planning these systems to have a a lifetime of about 10 years so it's only been a year so we've got nine more years to go. So so hopefully as time goes on, more and more people will make the trade up to the, the eighth gen system. And then we'll see more games that really utilize what these new systems can do. So anyway, wow, that was a long preamble. So The Last of Us was the first game I got on my new PlayStation. Destiny wasn't out yet, so I wanted something to play. And I looked far and wide for reviews because games are expensive right so i wanted to get something i would like and i wanted to get kind of what was considered the best game on playstation i wanted to really see what this new machine could do and the reviews it was pretty clear that for various reasons the last of us remastered was the first game i should get another game that was often mentioned as a close second was infamous second son which I've actually just recently gotten and we'll be talking about on a future episode. But The Last of Us has a better story, is what the review said. And after playing both, I I definitely agree. So that's the one I got. And the irony of all of this is that I got a PlayStation 4 to play Destiny. And as I mentioned in episode zero, I've been very disappointed with Destiny Comparing Destiny to The Last of Us Remastered, if I bought Last of Us Remastered for $60, then Destiny should have cost me about $20. (laughs) That's about how the games compare in my mind. So maybe I'm a little spoiled because I started out with such a good game to start with, but the bar was set pretty high and, you know, Destiny just isn't delivering and uh, has really fun gameplay but there's just not the content or story that that you should get when you pay $60 for a game. So The Last of Us is very well regarded, and I thought I would start out by quoting a little bit from Wikipedia, just to give you a little information that's beyond my experience. The Last of Us has received widespread critical acclaim for its writing, voice acting, sound design, level design, music, and art direction. Its narrative was praised for its characterization, subtext, exploration of the human condition, and depiction of LGBT characters. Considered one of the most significant titles of the seventh generation of video games, and by many critics as one of the greatest video games of all time, The Last of Us received over 200 Game of the Year awards and was the second largest PlayStation 3 video game launch of 2013 selling over 1.3 million units in its first week. As of July 2014, the game has sold over 7 million units worldwide. An updated version for the PlayStation 4, The Last of Us Remastered, was released on July 29th in North America, July 30th in Australia and Europe, and August 1st in the United Kingdom. It includes the downloadable content episode Left Behind, previously released on PlayStation 3, 
on February 14, 2014. Like the original title on the PlayStation 3, The Last of Us Remastered received critical acclaim, praised particularly for its high frames per second rate and increase in graphics. And I will have the link in the show notes to that article on Wikipedia. There's a lot more in it than that. I just wanted to share that with you in case you don't know much about this game. So again, I played the remastered version, which is the the PlayStation 4 version. My understanding is the PlayStation 3 version is the same. The only difference is the fidelity of the graphics and the frames per second. And also the remastered version, as I just mentioned from Wikipedia, includes the Left Behind, which was a DLC on PlayStation 3. So um, if you're on a PlayStation 3 and you haven't gotten this game yet, then pretty much everything I'm going to say about it applies to the game on PlayStation 3. So this is categorized as an action-adventure survival horror game. It is a third-person shooter. So you are playing this game in the third-person perspective. And I love this game. If I didn't love this game, I wouldn't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about games I hate on this show other than maybe just to mention, oh, I played this game and it wasn't very good. I'm not going to make a whole episode about a game I don't like. Um, This game I loved. Of all the games I've played on the PlayStation 4 so far, this is my favorite and it's not even a contest at this point so why do i love this game first of all this game has beautiful graphics it has very realistic rendering of the world and people it also has excellent motion capture and you can really connect with and empathize with the characters because the dialogue is really good the voice acting is really good And the motion capture is really good and the graphics are really good. So it realistically portrays facial expressions and body languages and each character's personality and even each actor's personality really comes across just as much as it would in a movie. There's also so much detail in the world. Clothing and hair are very realistically rendered. And I've found that even in games that are otherwise very good graphically, uh, the clothing and hair often falls short. However, not so in this game. There's just all these little details in the world that really help with the immersion of this game. And they're worth noticing and paying attention to. You can learn a lot about the setting and what's going on just by paying attention to all the details in the world. Everything that is there is there for a reason and tells a story. And the one thing that I'm going to keep coming back with this game is just the immersion. This is a a very immersive game. This is like being in a movie, which that is kind of the goal with a lot of video games these days and what these, you know, next gen, as they call them, although now it's current gen. That's why I like to say eighth generation because it's a little more accurate. Um, But that's what these new systems really excel at is finally starting to realize this dream that we've had for so long of making a video game like being in a movie and this game very much does this more so than any game i've ever played on any platform before for instance the griminess of places that have been abandoned for years is realistically rendered and i have in real life been in abandoned houses and It was very authentic how these abandoned buildings on the inside and outside are portrayed. And again, helps with the immersion. The sound in this game is amazing. Not only are the sound effects realistic and very well done, 
but things like position and distance are done accurately as well. And again, this is something that other games fail at. For instance, Destiny is terrible at this. Destiny has great sound effects, like you can be out on um, Earth in old Russia and, and you hear the wind like whistling through your ears or through, you know, your audio inputs of your helmet. Awesome sound effects. But one place where Destiny fails is it does not realistically portray the distance and direction that sounds are coming from. So, for instance, you'll be in a room in a building and there will be people moving around and making noise and maybe the next room over or a room above or below you. And it sounds like they're right next to you. And you're like looking around thinking there's someone hiding in the room. And no, they're they're a room over. The Last of Us gets this right. And you can actually rely on sound to locate opponents to know, are they to the left of you? Are they to the right of you? How far away are they? Should I be able to see them? Are they behind cover? It's amazing. And speaking of the sound, I really, I mean, I recommend this with any game you play, but especially with this game, do yourself a favor and wear a good, you know, a good stereo headset when you play this game. Don't don't do it over speakers because the sound is so immersive and not only will it help you more feel like you're in the game, but it will also help you tactically to be more aware of what's going on around you if you're using a headset. Me personally, I use the PlayStation Gold wireless headset by Sony and I love it. I'm very picky (laughs) with my headsets. Uh, I wear glasses and most headsets kind of shove my my glasses like into my temples and end up giving me a headache and making my ears ache. Uh, These don't do that. I can I can play for hours and they don't bother me at all. And they sound awesome. They sound really good. So, yeah, I'll actually have a link to those uh, on Amazon. They're like eighty five dollars. So they're kind of they're kind of salty. But honestly, um, usually to get headphones that sound as good as these, you have to pay more than one hundred. And I mean, (laughs) you're dropping four hundred bucks for the for the PlayStation and sixty bucks for the game. I I don't think it's a lot to pay eighty five dollars for a good headset that you're going to use with every game you play. But anyway, (laughs) Sony is not a sponsor. I just really like these. Um, on my computer, I use Razer Lachesis, I think they're called. And I've been told by a friend of mine that they're actually hard to find now. Those are awesome too, but they don't work with the PlayStation, unfortunately. But yeah, I love my Sony headsets. So yeah, wear a headset with this game. This game is almost too immersive sometimes. And, and I'll get to that later. The music is also very well done, beautiful music. It enhances the mood and the suspense while at the same time staying in the background where it belongs. Um, Some games I've played, the music is just a little bit too in your face. And this, it's very much in the background. It just kind of helps set the mood and it doesn't overpower. And, you know, it swells up when appropriate and then fades away again. The high fidelity graphics and sound make this game super immersive. This is probably the most immersive game experience I've had. Until we have true virtual reality, this is where it's at. You really get into it and you feel like you're there. In tense situations, I found my heart racing. I felt the adrenaline rush when I was getting my ass kicked. And the game is actually truly frightening at times due to the ambiance of the sound and the suspense. A lot of times you're in the dark with your flashlight and you hear sounds from the darkness and you can't see, you know, you hear the clickers and you can't see them, but you know they're there. 
and uh, definitely ups the pucker factor. And again, you know, if you're wearing a good headset and, you know, it's like you're there and it's awesome. Now, I played the game on the normal default difficulty, which I think is just called normal. I think there might have been an easy difficulty that was one level below the default, but I just played it on whatever the default is. Overall, I would say the game is not difficult for the most part. I didn't really find it. I mean, it wasn't easy to the point where it wasn't fun, but it wasn't like ridiculously challenging all the time either. Um, I had a pretty easy time of it for the most part. However, there were specific encounters that were basically, you know, what they call like skill checks where, you know, there may be four or five times in the game where I would hit a certain encounter that was that was much more challenging than the other stuff was and maybe might take me a few tries to get past it and, and usually involved kind of using some kind of strategy to get past it. I really love that in this game, you can't just send out a spray of bullets at everything. Again, I was playing on normal difficulty. There are, I think, three difficulties harder than what I played it at. And on normal, resource management is extremely important. You can't just waste bullets. You have to make every shot count. In the beginning, I wasn't super careful about taking my shots. And I frequently ran into ammo problems until I learned to be more careful. So there, there's only so much ammunition that you find. And different ammunition, of course, works for different weapons. So sometimes you may have to use a less than optimal weapon just beca- just based on what kind of ammo you have and, and how much of it you have. So that, of course, becomes part of your strategy. You know, using the right weapon at the right time, conserving ammo whenever you can by maybe taking someone out in hand-to-hand if you can or using a weapon that you don't much like when it's not important just to use up ammo that you don't need as much and save the good ammo for when you really need it and also of course just placing every shot and making every shot count and i really like that not only does it bring tactics and strategy into the game but it also helps with the immersion because finding bullets lying around everywhere just isn't (laughs) realistic you know it's like you play borderlands 2 and it's not remotely realistic that, you know, there's just ammo laying around everywhere. And Destiny's the same way. I mean, you have way more ammo than you need and you don't really have to worry about saving bullets usually. For me, it added to the realism and the immersion that that was something in the game that, that was a factor and something you needed to realize. And there were certain encounters that I had that were those kind of skill checks that I was talking about that for me were a lot harder because I hadn't been careful enough with my ammo and I was lacking maybe you know ammo for my long rifle that that had armor piercing that that would have really made that encounter easier or I was lacking arrows for my bow and so I couldn't do um, stealth attacks at range and things like that or I didn't have any bombs left or whatever so I really enjoyed that aspect of the game I also enjoyed the crafting and the character advancement in the game And I feel like they found a perfect balance, you know, where you got some good customization options, but it didn't get overly complicated like it does in so many RPG and MMO games. The controls were easy and intuitive and the gameplay itself was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the stealth hiding and ambush mechanics. 
and I tend to enjoy those kinds of mechanics in any game that I find them, but I really like them in The Last of Us. I really like being able to listen for movement and being able to increase your listening ability with, with your skill advancement. And there are definitely many situations in the game where charging in... <laughs> will get you killed and you need to be stealthy. I also thought there was a good variety of weapons that you could use and types of weapons that you could use without it going overboard. Again, I think that there was this perfect balance between not enough and too much. So if you've just gotten the PS4, I highly recommend this as your first game. If you played it on PS3, it's probably not worth it to get it on PS4. Um, because again, the only real difference is going to be in the graphics and your frame rate, but that's up to you, I guess. And as I mentioned, you also, uh, with the remastered version on PS4, you get the left behind, which was the DLC on PS3. It was all right. I mean, I played it for me personally. I don't think it really added anything to the game. It was kind of nice because it did show you kind of something that happened off camera in the main game. And that was cool. But, uh, if I would have had to pay extra for the Left Behind, I, I would not have been happy with it. But since it was just part of the game, it, it was okay. Um, the story itself is amazing with more than one twist and turn along the way. And I highly enjoyed it. The story also does a great job at really pulling you in in the beginning of the game. Now, I am not usually a fan of zombies. I think they're really dumb in most IPs that I've seen them in. Usually they're kind of campy and they don't seem remotely as dangerous as the characters seem to find them. And I just think they're really stupid. Um, but the infected in this game, I really liked how it was done. In fact, I don't even call them zombies. I mean, the game doesn't call them zombies. But to me, they're not even zombies because they're much cooler than zombies. I found them terrifying and lethal and not at all campy or stupid. Again, playing this game is like being in an interactive movie. I think that this is the best that next-gen gaming has to offer, at least so far. Um, even if you're not into horror, you owe it to yourself to play this game. I am usually not into horror myself, at least as it is usually here in the United States. I find much of it to be stupid and unbelievable and not at all scary. Instead, it tends to rely on cheap, quote-unquote, jump scares or really jump startles because there's a difference between being scared and startled. But I really enjoy this game, and it's not campy or stupid. It's believable. It's something you can take seriously, and at times it is truly scary and even horrifying. Also, just as an aside, the graphics and sound when you blow someone's head off or light them on fire with a Molotov cocktail are extremely satisfying and visceral. Really enjoyed the realism and uh, the fun there. Hopefully that doesn't get me on, on a list with uh, some government agency. <laughs> now, I'm not one to go back and replay a game on a higher difficulty. I know that some people consider that a feature of a game that you can go back and replay it at a higher difficulty. I don't consider that a feature at all, but I guess some people do. In fact, I've never gone back and played a game at a higher difficulty. Once I played it, I played it. I don't want to play the same thing again. 
However, with The Last of Us, I am tempted to go back and play it again uh, just because like when I see a really good movie and I want to see it a second time, it's the same kind of thing. The story was so good. I'd like to go through it again. And just like with a movie, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, now that I know how it ends, I kind of want to go back and see it again. I'm going to see everything with a new perspective and I might notice some things that I missed the first time. And it's the same thing with this game. I'm not sure about playing it at a higher difficulty. I would like to because I I could get some more trophies for finishing it on a higher difficulty. But, uh, you know, those few points that I found challenging, they were challenging. And I don't know if I could get past them again on a higher difficulty. Also, I'm assuming on a higher difficulty that there's less ammo to find and more enemies to take care of. So I don't know. I'll probably try it. If I play it again, I will definitely try it at a higher difficulty. I just don't know if I'll be able to to finish it. <laughs> we'll see. So I thought I would I'd give you some tips. Now none of this is groundbreaking or or newsworthy tips. You know, I'm sure there are places out there that that you can get better tips, but these are just things that I personally learned playing the game that uh if you're totally new might help you out. First of all, watch your resources. Take your shots carefully. Save ammunition every way you can. You will never have enough. Make every shot count. And I just can't say that enough, so I'll just say it once. <laughs> also, use stealth and ambush tactics whenever possible. It allows you to take out a foe without taking damage if you do it right. And health is another resource to manage in this game as making your med packs or first aid kits, and don't remember what they're called for sure, uses resources that you could use to make other things like Molotov cocktails, which I love. Also, if you're stealthy, you can often take out foes one by one as opposed to having to deal with them all at once. Make use of the bottles and bricks that you find laying around. Now, I never did figure out if one is better than the other in certain situations or if mechanically they're the same. This game was so realistic that I tended to assume that things were treated realistically. So I tended to use bottles for distraction because I figured a breaking bottle was more likely to grab someone's attention than just a brick hitting something and I tended to use the bricks to attack and stun people with assuming again that getting hit with a brick would be worse than getting hit with a bottle but I don't know if that really matters in the game or not I have no idea but that's the way I did it stunning an opponent before you attack them by using a bottle of brick can help with a sneak attack and you can also use bottles or bricks to lure opponents away from you or to lure them to a place where you want to set up an ambush. Also, I recommend becoming proficient in the bow as soon as as possible. It is a great way to stealthfully and silently take out foes at range. And once you get a feel for it, you can actually be very accurate with it. And it's not as hard as it first seems. The first time you use a bow, you're like, (laughs) the first time I used the bow, I was like, oh my God, this is hard. And I didn't use it anymore until much later in the game when I finally figured out that you could stealthfully take people out with a bow, unlike a gun. I mean, it's obvious, right? (laughs) A bow makes a lot less sound than a gun, but for some reason I didn't clue in to that for for a while. Um, I also found that the bow was pretty good at taking out some of the infected. I don't know if I remember the terms correctly, but the the normal infected that are like kind of the, the lowest level ones that you encounter all the time, you can usually take them out with one shot And even the, uh, I think they're called the clickers, the ones that are blind but are harder to kill. 
A lot of times you can take those guys out with one shot too if, if it's a well-placed shot. And uh, oh my God, those guys were scary. I never liked those guys getting close to me at all. Also, I recommend upgrading your long rifle to get the armor piercing attribute on it, ASAP. Uh, this really helps with the, I think they're called bloated infected. They're the big, huge fat guys. Um, you don't encounter them for a while in the game, but the first time you encounter one, it's kind of like a boss fight where you have to defeat one of them. And that for me was the first big skill check in the game. And I really had a hard time with that encounter. I think part of the reason was I did not upgrade my long rifle. I did not have armor piercing on it. And uh, I learned later that that really helped with those guys. But yeah, those guys are rough. And always, if you are in a fight and things are going badly for you or you think that they might start going badly for you, run away and hide. Um, this is much better than dying. And also, you know, learn to anticipate when a strategy you're using isn't going to work and withdraw early in order to avoid wasting any more ammunition than you have to on a strategy that isn't going to work. Or an engagement that isn't going to go your way. Molotov cocktails are great to use on shriekers. Is that what they're called? I don't think they're called shriekers or clickers. The blind ones. The blind infected. Oh, I hate those guys. Um, I love lighting them on fire though. It's also a lot of fun. And, and I found um, because they're they're all kind of dumb. <laughs> and they're sound based. That you hit one with a Molotov cocktail. And not only is he on fire. But his area is on fire. And he will scream and tend to draw the other ones nearby and they'll catch on fire too if they get there quick enough. And a lot of times, even if there's just one by himself, you can end up taking out two or three of them, which is awesome. And also explore, explore, explore. You will find pills, which are definitely worth looking for as that's what allows you to purchase advancements for your character. And you'll also find parts to modify your weapons and upgrade them. And to make things like nail bombs, which are awesome, Molotov cocktails, which are awesome, and first aid kits, which are very necessary. And you can also get some trophies if you find everything, which I didn't, which is another kind of motivation to go back and, and replay it, which normally, like I said, I, I wouldn't in the game. But because this game was so good, I'm, I'm more likely to do that. My one complaint, and really just one complaint I have about the game, is that it's not always obvious which direction will lead you to the next area. And what happens is you'll you'll like cross this point of no return and it will lead to a cutscene. And at the end of the cutscene, you're in a new area and you can't go back to the previous areas. So a lot of times what happened to me was I had two different little areas I wanted to explore. And I always seem to pick the one that goes to the next cutscene first. And then I couldn't go back to explore that other area. So I think the things that, that I didn't find were in those areas that I missed, not because I didn't know they were there and not because I didn't want to explore them, but because I inadvertently, you know, went to the point where the cutscene started and put me in the next area. So I really wish you got a dialogue at that point of no return that said, hey, do you want to go on or do you want to stay in this area? But oh well. So that's pretty much everything I have to say about The Last of Us. Sorry if that was a bit rambly. <laughs> I actually was a worried worried that I wouldn't have enough to say about it because it's been so long since I played it. But once I started taking some notes, it just um, it just all came back because I, I really love this game. So if you're playing on PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 3 and you have not played The Last of Us, you got to play it. It's awesome. And if, if you're not sold, if I haven't sold you on it, uh, go someplace where you can rent it and just try it out. And I'll bet 
at within half an hour of play, you'll probably be hooked on it and be like, I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. If you would like to reach me, you can email me at LexStarWalker at gmail.com. You can also find me on Google Plus with that same address. You can follow me on Twitter at Lex Starwalker and please visit the webpage starwalkerstudios.com slash age of gaming where I will have the show notes for this in all episodes and helpful links for you. So thank you very much for listening to the first age of gaming episode. Until next time, respawn and get back in there, gamer.